I, I need something, a reason to be doing to be doing it, if that makes sense. And I had a friend tell me it's a bit like cheating, and he's right. For this edition, I was lucky enough to catch up with Finn Arendt. I met Finn while doing triathlon at uni, and I think he'll agree that his triathlon career has really taken off in these last few years. I'll let Finn introduce himself in a minute. However, being the modest character that he is, there's a few omissions that I'd like to include. First up, Finn is a two-time Ironman 18-24 age group winner at Wales in 2018 and Lanzarote in 2019, as well as second overall age group racer as over the 70.3 distance. Finn has also raced at the Ironman World Champs in Kona and the 70.3 Worlds in Nice. Most recently, Finn recorded a 2 hour 32 solo marathon during lockdown. In the next hour or so, we'll chat things about goals, COVID and what frustrates Finn in triathlon, as well as many other things. It's fair to say that Finn is some athlete and an all-round nice guy. It's been a pleasure recording this and I hope you enjoy it. Over to Finn. I'm Finn Arendt. I'm an age group long distance triathlete uh, and I'm also a student currently studying at Loughborough University, um, having done my undergrad at Exeter University. How long have you been doing triathlon um, and how did you get into it? Um, so I got into triathlon in uh, 2016, having, um, yeah, having not really done anything, anything like it beforehand, done a bit of running, but nothing serious. Um, and yeah, so 2016, I suppose I got into it and then did um with the sort of idea of wanting to do um a local race uh yeah local race which happened to be our man wales wanted to do that someday and i thought oh, i'll get, get into triathlon this year and then maybe sort of someday get, get on and do our man wales um ended up actually doing it that year um worried that it was going to move to a different city and and it was going to be this this um yeah, i wasn't going to be able to do it anymore so i thought um oh, i'll just get on and do it. it's about nine months after going to the sport i did um I did Ironman Wales and actually have, intending on just doing it and then having, you know, just saying, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do it. I'm going to start with triathlon after that. I just take that off the bucket list. Then I ended up actually going much, much better than I thought I would. Um, and sort of all took off from there really. and then went to university and got involved with the triathlon club there. And then it sort of, um, yeah, just sort of uh, went strength and strength from there. So it was sort of just, um, yeah. It originally just started it just started with a mate actually just sort of decided yeah let's let's get into it one day we're going to do we're going to do our man wales we're going to start training now and then um yeah ended up doing it a bit sooner than expected but yeah that's sort of how we got into it, it just me and a friend thought yeah why not <laughs> and was was that your first race that you ever did an ironman no no not quite not quite i'm not one not quite that mental um i did a i mean i did a few sprint tries in the spring um and I did sort of uh, part of long course weekend. I did a couple of half marathons and things, uh, and then then did the the full Ironman in in September. Um, yeah, so it wasn't quite my first race, but I but yeah, it was um, it was much earlier than most people would probably recommend you do a. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend <laughs> yeah, than most people recommend you do an Ironman. Has to be said, but um, but yeah. Uh, and um, so I guess you sort of have gone from aiming to complete an Ironman to actually competing right at the very pointy end with sort of qualifying for Kona last year and going out there to race. So mm -hmm. how have you seen success, like change your perception of success as you progress through the abilities almost? Yeah, so I mean, for me, success is sort of always, for me, it's always been about setting myself goals and then achieving those goals. And I, uh, for me, success is achieving the goals that I've set myself. So obviously as, you know, 
your goals change. Originally, the goal was just finish the Ironman within the time limit. You know, that was the goal. I did it. That was a success. The next year, obviously, you wanted to improve. There was, you know, get get sub 12 hours or whatever I'd, I'd set myself. And then the year after that, I was trying to win my age group, you know. Um, and, and yeah, uh, so sort of, it, as I say, success for me is achieving the goals and your goals sort of, they vary um, depending on what, you know, where you're at. Uh, and that, that, that can apply to triathlon, but also, you know, a life in general, I think, for me. So you're quite a sort of goal-orientated person, would you say? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I I like having something on the horizon to look forward to and something to help push me. You know, how something. Yeah, I I need something, a reason to be doing to be doing it. If that makes sense. How did you deal with COVID then, when all of the goals that you had probably set sort of this time last year sort of came crashing down in about March time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, obviously it was it was tricky, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. Um, yeah I was yeah I was signed up to do you know um challenge Roth and Ironman Wales and it was going to be this big you know big thing I was going really well and then yeah it all, all went down the drain obviously but um I, I set myself a few other challenges of things I could do uh other things to look forward to so I, I ended up doing an Everesting in July um which was harder than I expected um but uh <laughs> but i've just about got through it so what is uh, it Everest? everything sorry yeah so it's yeah. climbing up and down the same hill uh on a bike um uh, however many times it takes to get the get the overall elevation of of mount Everest, which is where it is 800 uh 8, meters or something <laughs> so it was yeah it was a big old day it took me about 15 hours in the end which um yeah i, I thought i thought it was gonna do a bit quicker to be honest but um but yeah, I was struggling a bit by the end. But yeah, did that. Um, and How does that compare to say Kona? Was it a similar <laughs> challenge or was it harder? Would you say? Um, no, Kona was definitely harder. Um, it, the thing with the Everesting, it was very much. I was sort of doing it. Part of it I did with a with a friend, and it was kind of sort of just to just to do it. And it was quite relaxed, you know. I was stopping and eating and making sure I was getting to the finish. And it wasn't a race. It was it was quite an easy pace. I ended up getting my nutrition really quite badly wrong. I was just a bit relaxed about it and. Um, and spent the last few hours not being able to eat anything and it was it was all all went <laughs> all spiraled a little bit at the end but um so it ended up being a bit rough rougher than i thought it'd be at the end but kona's just uh you know when you're actually racing and pushing yourself the whole way you know the everything i was just sort of very much within myself the whole time even though it was longer whereas kona you sort of i mean kona you know kona this year so last year so i was especially um so tough for other reasons as well but um but yeah when you're pushing the pace the whole time it it, it is it is different different to what i did so kona yeah an ironman's definitely harder than that <laughs> but, but not to say that the everesting wasn't you know it was yeah. still it was still a fun still a fun thing to do and i'm glad i did something to take off the bucket list yeah so that was sort of a goal that you had set that wasn't always almost performance based it was sort of just achieving it more. yeah I, I suppose so uh, to be fair i mean i think finishing doing an everesting in itself is sort of a it is a it's quite a result in itself as just finishing an ironman for a lot of people is 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 a result in itself you know so yeah i mean it was it was something i've had on the bucket list for ages i've wanted to do it i was either going to do it in the alps one day or or, or something and I, I thought with nothing else going on i kind of just wanted it well yeah i thought it'd be a good opportunity to get it done you know so yeah yeah and I've sort of set myself that goal and it meant it sort of focused my cycle training a little bit. I got really into, you know, a lot of, of hard, you know, over gear turbo sessions and uh, riding lots of hills on the bike and stuff. And I really enjoyed that. And, um, and yeah, it was just, it was just quite fun to have something to focus on um, through a period where you didn't, didn't necessarily have that much, you know. 
Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you think that you dealt with the COVID situation well or at times do you think it could have gone better for you? Um, I mean, I was fortunate enough. I, I went home um, as soon as it sort of uh, all kicked off, you know, from, from Union Exeter back home to, uh, to Tanby. And, um, and I was fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, my family around me uh, and who are, you know, who I get along with pretty well. And it was just, it was quite relaxed, really. I mean, I, it wasn't necessarily all that stressful. There weren't that many cases where we were. And, and yeah, I mean, if anything, it was, it was a bit boring, but not, not, not all that bad. I just, it gave me more time to train almost, which, um, you know, I really, I love the process of training. I love all that. And it gave me a lot of time to focus on that, which for me was not necessarily a, not necessarily a bad thing in a lot of ways. So I, I wouldn't, I definitely think a lot of other people had it a lot harder than I did, if that makes sense. You know, um, I, I've, yeah, I feel like I've come through it, you know, all right. Would you say you use training as a release from it or sort of a way to escape it or? Oh, 100%. Um, it's definitely, if anything, I'm slightly over-reliant on it sometimes, uh, 100%. And I mean, um, especially at times when, when other avenues um, are sort of restricted as they have been with COVID, you know, not really being able to meet up with friends and not being able to do, do a lot of the things you would normally do. Uh, you know, I do sort of fall back. The, the training is sort of my, um, is definitely my release and my sort of uh, my go-to when I'm stressed or worried or, or anything. And it, it always helps on that front. So yeah, through stressful periods, I am often, I do often rely quite a lot on the training to just sort of relax myself, you know, a little bit and, and feel like I have, you know, have a grip, you know, have a grip on things and, and everything's, you know, all right, as it were. Yeah, definitely. So that links quite nicely on to, do you ever feel that either life gets in the way of triathlon or triathlon gets in the way of normal life, whatever that may be for you? Um, occasionally, maybe, um, you know, there's the obvious stuff like, you know, when you, um, maybe when you, when you first come to university and, and all, all your new housemates want you to go and go on these nights out and you're sort of not wanting to because you're going to run park run in the morning or whatever and you're sort of you're worried about you're, you're not going to hit your pb because you had too many jaeger bombs the night before or whatever you're sort of you know the, the things like that you know you're sort of um sometimes it can get in the way in that way but then again for me i'm i, I get i get pretty much everything i i feel like i need through through training with other triathletes and through through my through the training in itself i don't really feel like i'm missing out on on a lot of stuff you know we, i still i still socialize as and when you know you we can at the moment and i still i feel like i get what i need out of it so I, I, to be honest I, it's it's all about balance and i and with the triathlon i think i've just struck quite a nice chord with it. actually i i don't really feel anymore that it that it gets in the way of it i'm sort of quite satisfied with how it's all all going so I know you were injured towards the end of last year where it must have been quite hard to train. Did you come off your bike at stupid speeds or something? How do you sort of deal with that personally if sort of all of your energy goes into triathlon? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question that. And it does link into the idea of, of, of training being such, such a big release for me. Um, and yeah, and I suppose it is a big part of my identity. You know, when, when, when you train as much as I do and, and it takes up as much of your life as it does, as it does with me, it, it does, I suppose, shape part of your identity. But, um, you know, there are, there are other parts, you know, I like to think there are other parts to me. I have other interests and I, have, I, ha I do have friends outside of triathlon who I will meet up with and I will, you know, I can talk about other things in it, you know. So although, you know, believe it or not, um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it, it's, 
I would say if if it if it for whatever reason if I'm injured or 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 whatever it might be and it was taken away, I would certainly struggle with that. I won't I won't deny that. You know, it's um, I wouldn't just be able to um, breeze on and step away from it completely. But, uh, you know, it is a big part of my identity. However, I would you know, yeah, I'd like to think there is another another part side to it as well. Um, yeah, it's times like these where it is a bit stressful and and there's not that much else going on that I find myself more reliant on it if that makes sense and more feeling like there isn't that much else going on uh, when perhaps things are going a bit better I've got a lot of other things going on more friends more so you know more 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 you know around me and stuff I find it um then maybe I'd find it a bit easier easier to step away from it a bit more if that makes yeah. sense yeah I can definitely relate to that myself mm-hmm. as well so maybe a bit of a cheap shot here but um when you meet someone, how quickly do you mention triathlon? <laughs> Would you say in general? <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest, like I, I tend not to. I mean, it, it, I, people who know me or have heard of me tend to bring it up almost immediately because they, as they, as you say, it's sort of this big part of my identity, and I'll, I'd probably be in my run kit or, or cycling kit or something, or they'll, they'll have just seen me train or something, so they'll bring it, they'll bring it up, and that ends up being the topic of conversation, just because they'll almost bring it up. But if if nobody, if people don't know it about me, you know, I won't necessarily push it on them because you know if you're not if you're not interested in travel on your stuff self it's a it's a it's a very boring topic to talk about you know I, you know I, between you and me you know I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we'd love to talk about the yeah, you know how getting aerodynamic on a bike or or whatever you know um improving your swim technique or whatever it might be but for the majority of people that's that's dull as you know dull as anything so actually I prefer almost to talk about something else if, if people aren't triathletes themselves I'll talk to them about about whatever you know so I, I tend not to bring it up myself but most conversations I have, it ends up diverting that conversation through through them, uh, usually. Yeah, I guess you sort of attract people that have similar interests as well. And as well, yeah, yeah. it's you know you don't is it's quite you know you don't yeah I don't come across that many people who don't um, uh, you know who don't do it to some form you know some form of it I suppose. It's true. Yeah. Um, do you ever feel selfish or question why you dedicate so much time, money, and like? pain and suffering in training to one sport when you could just what's the point <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's a really good question because um triathlon is um you know it's an unbelievable it's ridiculously expensive sport especially when you start taking sort of entry fees and flights and all that sort of thing you know I'm mentioning bikes and all that sort of stuff it is it is an unbelievably expensive time consuming and and uh and difficult sport on that on that front and I mean yeah, it's difficult. You're right. Sometimes I do feel a little bit, a little bit selfish about it. You know, you know, my family always been super, super supportive of it and always been keen to come and support me at races and, and help me out financially as and when, um, if I've, if I've needed it, um, which, uh, and they've always made it very clear that they're, they're willing to help me on that front. And so I suppose in that way, I, I haven't maybe thought about it as much as I should. That being said, if I just sort of use my, my brother as a comp- as a comparison you know he he goes on a lot of nights out he goes he goes on holidays with his with his mates places sometimes and and um and you know and he's he doesn't spend you know that much less money than than i necessarily do but he just has slightly different interest of it you know he'll spend it on on alcohol and and um you know and going out and clothes and and you know uh, fashion stuff or whatever it might be you know so it's um whereas i i'm quite frugal in the way i live other than triathlon stuff (laughs) so from my point of view it's almost like 
I just prioritize it and uh, does it make me more you know I feel like I I don't mind spending on that stuff rather than spending on on stuff that other people might if that makes sense like my brother with the clothes and all that sort of thing so on that front and not so much but it is definitely something I, I consider you know especially having gone to Kona which is uh which is a, a, a very expensive endeavor has to be said um but yeah it is uh it is an interesting it is an interesting idea and yeah i do feel selfish occasionally but um but yeah uh, interesting yeah it mm-hmm. so you saying that it reminds me of a conversation i had with a couple of friends a while ago about um sort of people at a casino and they'd go there every few months and spend a couple of hundred quid or whatever and it sort of like seemed a no-brainer that this was complete waste of money but then when you actually think about it like an ironman entry fee is what 300 quid 400 yeah. quid and you go and do that for one day it's sort of where is it's no different if you're getting the enjoyment out of it i guess which this is the main yeah thing. yeah no it's a yeah it's an interesting way of looking at it isn't it i suppose it's about the all the things that go with with a triathlon in that the, the training the lifestyle the fact that it's good for you and and you get a lot of other things out of it perhaps whereas the casino um spending at a casino it's arguably it's debatable as to whether that has any positive side effects if that makes sense yeah um yeah. that'll be my counter argument but you are yeah you do you do, you do yeah. absolutely have a point you do actually have a point yeah no it's an interesting uh an interesting concept changing tact a little bit um mm-hmm. when we're talking about goals it seems that you're quite keen or you're driven by sort of having a con- something you can control to reach a final mm-hmm. goal um and i know that you've sort of got a coach now i think halfway through yeah yeah i've had a coach for over two years now actually yeah so how do you see um sort of the relationship with yourself and your coach trying to sort of is it a bit of a control battle between you and them or do you let them have all the control how does that relationship work um so with me he's called reese my coach um i get on him really well and uh, with us we i trust him and i know that he, he he knows his stuff and he knows what's best for me you know uh with you knows what my goals are and he knows how best to reach those goals i quite like to know um why he's setting me stuff so i will ask him occasionally you know why why am i doing this session if i don't really understand why why he's doing it and sometimes i will fiddle a bit with it usually more because of logistics but sometimes just because i'm feeling a bit better um than maybe he might have expected or maybe even feeling a bit worse so i might tailor off a bit so i i think for me i think that it is important to have a not not be not religiously always do exactly what your coach tells you because um because uh, sometimes they might there might be something going on that they don't quite understand and and you do need to adjust for that a little bit um so yeah for me i i do listen to my coach but i do i like to have a little bit of input as well just a bit not not a huge you know not not massive i never go veering off miles off what he's he, what he's telling me to do but i do like to have a bit of a say and i like to understand why i'm doing what what he's asking me to do as it were what would you say the biggest benefits to having a coach is it sort of that you don't have to sort of think behind the sessions that you're doing it gives you structure or is it sort of more believing in the whole process as a whole so for me uh personally uh it's different for different people but for me it was uh, it's about the structure and making sure there's enough rest at the right times uh what i found when i was uh, sort of coaching myself as a one. I was just training. I, I kept digging myself in holes, kept training too hard, wrong times of year, doing the wrong type of session at the wrong time of year. And I was training really hard, arguably maybe even harder than I am, than I have done the last couple of years with Reese. But I wasn't 
getting I wasn't seeing the same amount of improvement as I have with Reese. you know he's really helped me sort of structure the training so to train hard when I'm meant to be training hard take it easy I'm meant to be taking it easy and having a rest when it you know at, at times of year when when you should be having a rest you know and actually that's you know that polarization has really um has had this massive impact on me and actually having someone tell you and explain you know someone looking from the outside has a much better view of why of as much better view of uh, of how much rest you might need whereas when it's you you sort of tell yourself no it's okay i can do it, i can do it. you always want to do more whereas with a coach they can sort of look look in and say no you've done enough you know you're your this last session shows you've been too tired and they'll and they'll make it easier you know and having them tell you that you if I was coaching myself I wouldn't um uh you know I wouldn't have taken that rest but with Reese, he he does make me do it so for me yeah it's about structure I suppose too sorry but long-winded answer to it but yeah yeah so it's I guess more about the holding you back rather than trying to push you and force you forwards yes or holding for me, you back in order to allow you to progress in, indeed yeah and uh, as i say as i said before it's uh, it's different for different people um some people need encouraging other people need holding back and i think majority of traffic's more like me you know they tend to want to do too much uh, but there are the people who perhaps do, do need pushing so it is different for different for different people but for me yeah it's about yeah it's about holding me back at the right times and let me know when i can you know unleash <laughs> everything i have you know yeah, do you find that's even more the case when you're training in a group with people compared to training on your own, or is it the other way around? Uh, as in, uh, I train too hard when I'm training with other people, or yeah, do you sort of get competitive in a training situation with other people? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a simple answer. I mean, you head out on a on a ride, um, you know, and and you go up a climb, and someone starts pushing on. If your legs are good, you're you're gonna go with them. You know, you, you can't just you can't just let them take take the easy KOM up the <laughs> up Cadbury Hill or whatever it might be. You know, you've got to yeah. I I am competitive and I will will enjoy that side of things and um. But I will build that in. You know, I'll tell Reese I'm going out with with the tri club today. They're probably going to be a few efforts up the hills and stuff. He's like, all right, just make it you know make it three hours instead of four. Then if you're going to be doing a few few efforts, it's like okay, you know that sort of thing. So um yeah, it's about structuring it in and but yeah in the pool. I'd say it's a good thing though, you know, training with other people. One of the benefits of that is that they push, you know, at a track session in the pool on a ride up climbs, that sort of thing. Like if you're, if you're looking to push yourself in a session, if, if that's the goal, that particular session, I think having them there is, is definitely beneficial where it's not so great is when you're meant to be doing your, your low, you know, your zone two easy five hour ride. And then, then I go out with you on your fixie and you, you, you bloody attack me on all the Dartmoor Hills. You know, that, that's less, yeah, that's less good. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, you, you, um, uh, yeah. With, when I train with other people, it tends to be to push myself. If I need to do an easier session, I found the best thing to do is just do it on my own. Because if I go out with other people, the chances are I'm going to push too hard. I can definitely relate to when you're digging a hole in, trying to keep up with a group and you're working way too hard on what should be an easy run but especially yeah. when the person next to you is just jogging along having a conversation and you're there blowing there's nothing worse <laughs> there's nothing worse than yeah someone having a chat with you as you're, climbing, you're going up a climb or something and yeah. they're just chatting away and you're <laughs> <laughs> you can't see Finn's face but that was a great yeah. face <laughs> do you find yourself often too focused on power and numbers sort of if the coach is looking over the whole whole of your training, do you find that you've sort of become too blinkered with 
power and numbers on certain sessions or is that not a problem for you um so i mean sometimes you know sometimes especially i find turbo sessions uh it's you know obviously you're very reliant on the numbers there you, you don't you know there's nothing else really to base base anything off so if you you know if you get set a good a good turbo session and and you you don't quite hit the numbers that you know that can frustrate me a bit you know it, it, you know you sort of feel like you should have or maybe you've, you've hit the session before you don't do it this time you're wondering oh, what's going on i'm not going as well whatever it might be um but like it, on the whole i how do i deal with that i mean for, for me i sort of tell myself you know like you have you know it's as with every bit of training you sort of sometimes you have a good day sometimes you don't i get over it pretty quick to be honest and on the whole power for me you know having power numbers is has really been a positive it is really is a positive it really helps me pace myself um and and helps structure you know helps um helps me train in the right intensities uh, and I, I have found, you know, training with power on the bike has made a huge difference. And in a race, especially something like an Ironman, where you're on the bike for sort of five plus hours and it's, um, you can't, you just can't go out too, too hard and having a power meter there, just, you know, you know what, you know, you mustn't go above a certain power or what power you should sit at just makes all the difference. You know, I had a friend tell me it's a bit like cheating and he's right, actually having a power meter for something that long um, is a really, really helpful tool. So for me, the, the positives massively outweigh any of the potential negatives with that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think I'm still sort of on the fence. Some sessions, like you say, turbo for power is you can't beat it. And then mm. other, I think it's important to me anyway, not to lose sort of how you feel on it. But mm. yeah, I definitely agree that power has a place and I think the longer the races go the bigger yeah. the impact it has yeah you're not going to look at your power meter like the bucks triathlon or anything like there you're just going you're just going for it you know you can't um yeah there's a time and a place for everything isn't there yeah definitely um so sort of stepping back a bit in time um you did a year abroad what two years ago now wasn't it so it was uh it was sort of the autumn autumn 2018 to sort of early summer 2019 and was this was around the start of when you were being coached as well, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually, I was coached. I was coached for a year before that, actually. Okay. As well, so it was summer twenty seventeen. I um, I first got with Reese. Yeah. So yeah. he. Uh, yeah. So so I had a coach about a year before that. Uh, uh, but yeah, then he worked with yeah, that as well. So I bring it up sort of because in my head, um, sort of before you went on your year abroad, we were all sort of training down at uni and everything we were a pretty close bunch sort of times and ability in that. And then having coming back from your year abroad, you were sort of streaks ahead of everybody else. How do you, I think a lot of that was, were you training inside with on turbo and? Yes. I mean, my year abroad was a weird one, actually. It was, um, it needs a little bit of, a little bit of context. I was in uh, Austria um in up a you know right in the mountains in a lovely you know really stunning part of the country in a little town called uh, Badishal and it was it was great except for the fact that it it snowed um really hard at the beginning of November and it didn't thaw out until sort of early March time uh and which meant I wasn't able to ride my bike outside for how many months that is for three and a bit months um which meant a lot of turboing (laughs) whatever it was like five turbos a week or something and it was um yeah, it was boring. It was tough and it wasn't great. There was a lot of treadmill running as well because it's too dangerous to run outside of the ice. And um, and yeah, it made it very focused and um, and I got a lot out of it. I mean, I probably wouldn't put myself through it again if I could avoid it. It was more, you know, there wasn't a lot I could do about it. You know, I was on placement now. I couldn't just change that. 
um so i got i got on with it and, and yeah and it did make did make a difference i didn't because it was so isolated i didn't have much social stuff going on um if any which meant uh, you know i was just focusing on my work uh you know the work i was doing there and then and then the training there was you know there wasn't a lot else going on which meant obviously a lot of time to focus on the training but also the stuff around the training the recovery the you know the food and all that sort of thing as well so i guess that on you know my year abroad was it was okay um you know i met some really nice people there but um uh, but uh but yeah and it was good for the training for sure but it, i didn't necessarily enjoy it as much as i have done my other years i've i've been at university but it was yeah would you say it built a lot of mental resilience for you or as well as the physical side of training indoors <laughs> yeah i suppose so yeah 100 percent. you know you you get up at sort of 4 30 and, and and smash out your two-hour turbo before work and it, it does sort of make other things seem seem easier you know and and, and reese will be the first to say that he loved he loved to set me some horrible horrible uh, bike sessions sometimes so you, when you're in a you know you're doing a 70.3 grinding up a hill or something you do think you know this isn't as bad as the you know the his four times 10 minutes or 110 percent of ftp or whatever you know some of these horrible <laughs> ones he sets me um but um yeah so you, you, i yeah i do think it, it did make a difference mentally as well as as well as physically i think also um you know, I've, I've, I haven't actually been in the sport that long, as I say, 20, you know, 2016 is when I actually first got into it. And it's, you know, uh, I'd only, you know, 2017, my second year at uni was my second year doing, you know, almost doing the, doing the sport, second, third year doing the sport. So actually just another year focusing on doing that, working on, you know, working on it properly was, you know, uh, I may, I may have made a similar amount of progress if I hadn't been in Austria or not, or I, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I would say, um, yeah, if, if if you really, really want to improve on the bike, just um yeah, just sit on the turbo for four months. It does <laughs> help. Oh, <laughs> it's Lionel Sardis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah if you can handle it. Doors. Well I would say as well actually is is the sort of social isolation I had there was almost worse than what I had what's what I've had through through lockdown. I sort of I joke with my family about the the fact that this uh, you know, the whole you know covid lockdown thing was almost was almost just a um just a round two for me because the austria was a little bit like that for me i really didn't have a lot of um a lot of social interaction with people whilst i was there so it was almost lockdown was almost better because i was you know i wasn't living on my own as i was in austria um you know i had my family around and stuff so it was actually um it was actually it was almost on that front to go back to your previous thing it was almost easier this time lockdown through than it was when i was in Austria I felt less less isolated this time around almost right oh, that's really interesting actually so looking forward seeing as you've only been in the sport for less than five years and sort of your progress mm -hmm. has been pretty rapid I think it's fair to say um do you see yourself getting a pro license within the future is that sort of a goal that you're heading towards or do you have other aspirations on the horizon yeah, I mean, pro license is, it is a long-term goal. And and um, we talked about goals before and needing goals uh, to sort of set. And and this year, actually, you know, with all the COVID stuff, not having races, something that has driven me is the thought of long, a much more long-run goal is, you know, I need to keep training and keep improving to get that pro license eventually, you know. So that was something that was on my mind through this year. Um, and, and yeah. I'll put it out there. Yeah, I am. I am wanting to go go for the pro license at some stage. I will add, um, it may well not be for quite a few years. I know some people are saying, oh, you know, you, you could give it a go, you, you know, soonish. But I, you know, I, 
I know I know where I'm at and I know I'm not I'm not there yet you know I do I do need to improve in a lot of areas if I'm being honest with myself and and who knows if I keep improving as I have done as you as you say it's it has been quite a quite quite a steady good good improvement each year so if I keep going on that trajectory then may, maybe within you know within a few years I'll do it or maybe within you know 10-15 years who knows um but yeah I would I would love to and it would uh you know that that is sort of that is definitely a, a goal as it were one of my one of my goals uh not necessarily to then yeah I mean yeah I don't know I don't know where I'll go with it long run but yeah getting the pro license would be um yeah would be great so you see triathlon being a big part of your future, I'd imagine. Yeah. Especially yeah, 10-15 years, like you say. Yes, I expect so. I mean, I can't see at the moment right now, I can't see how that would why that would uh, why that would change. I mean, obviously life life can happen and, uh, yeah. and stuff stuff can happen, but um but right now I I wouldn't see why not. Um a big part of triathlon is the community feel of it um yeah. i think especially over lockdown that's been brought out even more with sort of online racing social media sort of videos people documenting their training to a massive degree now so sort of thinking Lionel Sanders <laughs> and all that yeah. sort of thing do you ever feel pressure to behave in a certain way either in training or while at races what so sort of trying to set a good example that sort of thing do you mean yeah or, or just sort of like how you come across to other athletes when you're there sort of while racing or while training sort of having to put up or only the good sessions to publicize sort mm. of that. yeah i see what you mean um yeah it's a good question that uh, for me i i don't i tend not to overthink these sort of things whether it comes to the triathlon stuff or just general general life i kind of just do me if i want to post something i'll post it um if i don't want to i won't you know it's sort of i don't really think about you know necessarily the what impact that i'll have on it and at a race i don't uh, you know i don't really worry about what other people what other people think i'm always putting i always put so much pressure on myself in a race to try and achieve what i've what I've set set out to try and do that any you know any outside pressure is sort of pales in comparison to what i what i put upon myself on that front i think so it it's sort of um i i don't really i don't really feel that much pressure from other people as much as, as some do I don't think I'm sort of um I'm quite good at just uh focusing on myself and doing you know do you know and yeah I'll do what I want to do and sometimes I might talk about talk about a session not going quite right but most of the time I want to talk about the good stuff you know because that's just sort of makes me feel a bit a bit happy about it but um but yeah I don't know maybe maybe I should maybe I should think about it a bit more I have to say I don't don't necessarily don't necessarily do that as much as maybe I should but but yeah has it ever caused you to sort of push too hard in training um sort of thinking strava or social media think seeing other people seeing your sessions has it sort of or seeing other people's sessions and thinking oh like if they're going out for a six hour ride or whatever that you should be doing the same or does having a coach sort of mitigate against that i used to uh like 110 percent you know three three years ago you know i was just like i'd go on strava and i'd be you know, I'd be going through other people's stuff or people I knew I'd be racing against and I'd always be comparing myself and worrying about it. And, and yeah, like I, I used to be like that 100%. Now, since I've got the coach and I think I've just matured a bit and I understand how these sorts of sorts of things work. I know, you know, more is not always more, if that makes sense. More is not always better. And different people react to different things in different ways. And for me, I've, you know, with the coach, 
has made a huge difference on that front. You know, understand that easy is easy. I'm, I'm not going to go out on an easy run and try and get a, a Strava KOM or, you know, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to overdo, I'm not going to overdo certain sessions. Now, if a coach has said easy, I, I take it easy and I don't worry about posting a, a slow run on Strava, you know, six minute Ks, who cares? You know, for me, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't have, that isn't an issue anymore. Having it, having been an issue beforehand, and I suppose it's just maturing a bit of an athlete as an athlete and understanding how the training sort of works is responsible for that as well as also having a coach sort of reassures you that you're doing all you can to try and improve um you don't have to worry about what other people are doing you know and i guess at the end of the day triathlon's an individual sport and when you start on the start line it's you going for the fastest time you can mostly yeah Yeah, absolutely i mean yeah it depends a little bit on the type of triathlon you know if it's a draft legal one then you are a little bit more reliant on other people but the stuff i do i mean it's it's just you yeah, you just worry about yourself don't worry about other people yeah control the controllables and all of that indeed, indeed. <laughs> there's been quite a big i think it's fair to say influx of a popularized side of triathlon um mm-hmm. personally especially since sort of 2012 with the olympics when it sort of blew up with the brownies and everything mm-hmm. um and there's quite a few sort of maybe ego-fueled outspoken members of triathlon community that do it a lot sort of for the looks of it and because to sort of your average person a triathlon's a massive achievement which it is but Mm -hmm. um, and social media sort of amplifies that quite a lot Mm -hmm. do you see that as sort of a positive thing with getting more people into the sport or does it have negative sides or is it a bit of both where where do you stand on that i think it's a bit of both you know um i i do believe that um that you know having having these you know these rivalries and these these more outspoken people if that gets more people into the sport and gets more people interested um then that can you know that 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 must be a good thing to a certain degree i, I think anyway you know it will if it if it boosts the profile of the sport uh it, it it's a good thing on that front whether then um obviously it depends what you're you know what these people are necessarily saying and what kind of values they're they're sort of um uh, they're propagating you know it's sort of if they're if it's a positive you know if if they're encouraging positive behavior then it's a good thing but if they're maybe bringing out some of the more negative sides of things then perhaps perhaps not so much i mean you know uh, someone like sam long or joe skipper having a go at each other or cam worth or some of these professionals who are who are outspoken and do like to do like to have a bit of a an art you know an argument on, on podcasts online or on on instagram and stuff you know it, it it's you know, these little rivalries, I think rivalry is always good for sport, you know, you know, you're Rafa Nadal versus Federer, you know, that, you know, or, you know, Man U, Liverpool, it sort of, it creates this, um, it does create sort of a, a different dynamic that can get more people interested in it. So on that front, I'd say it's positive. Um, I personally, myself, just because, just because of what I'm like, really, I probably wouldn't get involved with that sort of thing myself. Mm. But if, you know, as long as people aren't, um you know as long as it's not nasty and it isn't you know isn't you know harming people's self-confidence or, or that sort of thing as long as it's just sort of a bit of light-hearted um you know a bit of light-hearted stuff before a race you know if it's creating interest in the sport fine by me definitely agree i think some of the comments and especially the thing that the pto did with was it sam long and um I can't remember who the other guy was. Yeah, they did a load. They did a load of those. Uh, all the different. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I have enjoyed. <laughs> I have enjoyed some of those interviews. It is quite. They are quite entertaining. What frustrates you about triathlon? Would you say? 
frustrates me? Mm, yeah. Good question. Um, I think in a lot of ways, it's going to be a slightly long-winded answer, but in a, in a lot of ways, it's, a, it's, it's really, it, it, it's great in the way that there aren't that many things that frustrate me about it. Somewhere like rugby, it's got a, a bit of a culture around it. There's quite a lot of things that annoy me about, about, you know, about rugby lads and the things associated with that. You know, triathlon doesn't really have any of that sort of things. It tends to attract quite a, a type of person I personally quite like. One thing, however, that does get me uh, a bit about triathlon is, which you don't, which you see in other sports, but maybe not as much, not as much as, is this obsession with, with, with looking a certain way um, in, if, uh, in terms of um, how lean you might be. You know, I, I think there is too much, there is too much focus on looking like some sort of sculpted god. You have to look amazing to be good at triathlon and there is definitely a sort of attitude you know still worshipping these these pro triathletes who are super lean and look super good and the reason I don't like it is because it it, it can encourage quite negative behaviours in other people you know um, eating disorders and all that sort of thing are uh, are common uh, in triathlon unfortunately and um, although I've been fortunate enough myself to never never really suffer from it I know of people who have and it, it can have a really negative effect on people you know and um and that does frustrate me about it because people do still talk a lot about hitting hitting race weight and and uh, needing to drop and needing to lose weight and you know and they see all these pictures on social media and and uh, I, I don't know um skinnier is definitely not always stronger you know and, and there is an element to of course you know you're lighter you will run faster but you've got to get that balance right and i think i think triathlon has some way to go on that front to try and educate people on on that sort of thing because i think um at the moment it's it's lacking on that front but as i say on the whole i think it's it's a great sport but that's just one area that does does still get me a little bit it's improving uh, there are people talking out about it people like cody beals and holly lawrence some of these pro athletes do mention it but um yeah as i say i think there's quite a long way to go um before that sort of uh yeah that sort of gets solved yeah, I really agree with you there. Although I find it interesting, maybe this is sort of part of the naivety that I have around it. Because um, you sort of see people at races sort of in tri suits of all different shapes and sizes. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that the more competitive you are, there certainly is an undertone of sort of skinnier is faster and all that, which and certainly isn't the case. Um, and yeah yeah i think the way the way triathlon you know you you with your lycra and your um you know and and with the running you know with the with with the with the fact that if you are if you are lighter that does often give you an advantage and, and the focus on that means that it's more obvious in a triathlon than it might be in other sports you know like if um you know if you play football or or, or or some of these other things where they wear baggier clothes and just less focus. There's more focus on the skill and, and, and ability. Whereas with triathlon, it's very easy just to see a picture and make an immediate judgment about it because of the tight clothing and because of the idea that being skinnier is, 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 is better, which obviously isn't always true. But um, because of that, I think it is more rife in triathlon yeah. than other sports. Definitely. I mean, there are obviously, I mean, you know, cycling and there are other sports where it is, where it is a, a massive issue as well. Um, as as well as not even sport related, you know, of course, but, um, but I'd say in triathlon, that is something uh, in particular. Yeah. 
but yeah just my personal experience and just stories i've read and heard and and what i what i hear people say as well in certain uh always comments i see on on instagram and what i've heard people overheard people say in mm-hmm. conversations and stuff it 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 does strike me as as yeah as something that could do with um changing perhaps yeah no definitely there's an issue there clearly and so something mm-hmm. needs to change with it yeah uh, i think the way of the way to do it is just by raising awareness as i've mentioned certain people are and raising awareness of the potential dangers of um you know of of losing weight you know it, it's fine and it, it it's it's cool to do that but you've just got to do it in a responsible and intelligent way and know what you're doing get a nutritionist all that sort of thing mm. uh, it's just too easy to fall into certain traps you know where it, it you know which can lead to some really um you know some quite horrible consequences so it's um yeah so where do we start with tackling this issue then more better education around it and more people speak talking about it uh, you know, the more people that talk about it, the better, I think. To bring it back full circle, and because goals seems to be a theme running continuously through this, what are your immediate goals at the minute? At the minute, obviously, it's uh, it's a little bit, um, you know, having just moved to Loughborough and uh, obviously not, uh, you know, not sure what, what, what the future holds really with COVID. I mean, who knows whether we'll actually be racing next year or not and, and all that sort of thing. So it is all a bit... Um, a little bit more hazy than I'd like it to be but um yeah for me I'm just going to be focusing on 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 training as much you know as much as I as much as I can getting as fit as I can and and hopefully with with a view to 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 racing next year to be honest that's sort of just what I'm going to be focusing on hopefully lots of as and when it's sort of legal to do so you know yeah lots of training partners here and um and uh you know to to meet up with and, and just to train with so for me it's just main goal is to try and improve myself as, as an athlete whilst also of course um uh you know completing my um doing my my masters here as well you know to uh, balancing those studies with the with the training oh, great so i think we'll wrap it up there with sort of getting getting late um mm-hmm. so sort of five quick fire questions um before we All right go. yeah um if you had to cook a dish what would it be sort of uh meat? uh Chicken and chorizo risotto. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> pick a song. Ooh, uh, what, any song. Any um, song. A Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I, wa- I watched the film just the other day, so I've been re-listening to all the old Queen stuff. Oh, great. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's made you smile today? Um, this interview. I've been <laughs> laughing for the whole thing. what are you looking forward to in the future um what am i looking forward to i suppose meeting a few new people here um you know i i I like you know i I like getting to know people and it and obviously you know it might be a little bit limited uh for a while yet but um but for sure getting to know a few new new training partners and um yeah something i'm looking forward to for sure great and last one what do you wish that you knew when you were came to uni? When like, what would you tell your first year self? Ooh, ooh so many things. Um, probably the big thing would be to uh, to not not worry about stuff over which you have no control. So don't don't stress yourself out if you can't do anything about about that particular thing. You know, if you finish your exam, don't talk to yourself worrying about whether you got the right answer or not it's in you can't do anything about it ignore it 
if you worry, you know, and you, you, I can, you could apply that to so many different things. And I think if I, I've learned that now and I know that now and it, and it really has helped me in, in, in life in general and, and in races as well, I found as well, you know, concentrating on what you can, as you were just saying it, controlling the controllables and focusing on what you can do um, and letting that help you. And if, if there is something that you can't do anything about, but you're finding it stressing you out, don't, you know, it's counterproductive to try and to, to worry about it. So that's, that's probably what I'd say is to not, not worry about stuff over which you have no control. I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. So we'll <laughs> leave it there. Thank yeah. you very much. Massive thanks to Finn for taking the time to chat to me there. I hope you enjoyed it. We covered quite a bit with COVID and goals sort of taking a centre, um, but I came away certainly thinking about issues within our sport and how we can form solutions. So this will definitely be the premise of a future episode. But until then, thanks for listening.